Hi, Tellers. Welcome back to the Tell Your Story podcast with Mindy and me, Keys. Today, we are going to be talking with my maternal grandparents, Pastor Edward and Dorothy Brown. So enjoy. <laughs> We're here today with my grandfather, uh, Pastor Edward Brown, and my grandmother, Mrs. Dorothy Brown. Uh, thank you all so much for being here. To me, they're Papa and Granny. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to start off asking you, uh, and Papa, I guess you can start, is when were you born and where? I was born in Manny, Louisiana in the year of 1931, June 18th. What was your family consisted of? Your mom, dad, how many brothers, sisters? Oh, my dad had three brothers and one sister. My mom had... Several sisters and brothers. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you pretty well about mm-hmm. my name, but anyway, they have a pretty big family. What about you? Did you have a lot of siblings? I had two brothers and two sisters, but actually three brothers, one of them on the outside. Three brothers and two sisters. And were your parents married while you were growing up? Oh, yeah, they were married before I got here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not the case for all of us nowadays, you know. <laughs> what about you, Granny? When were you born? Where? I was born August 15, 1944, in Linden, uh-uh. <laughs> in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh. What about your family? You have? Did you have both your parents there? Yes. Uh, I had uh, three brothers. And it was uh, six of us girls. It was nine children. Wow, big families, yeah. And what was the world like when you were growing up? 1930s and 40s, what was what was happening during that time? Well, at that time, I was too young to know. They would tell me we were just coming out of a recession, so. Mm-hmm. Or depression or whatever maybe it, it was pretty hard when we were coming up but we always had plenty of food we, we never had any excess money or we didn't even have an automobile mm. well we went we either walked or we went by a wagon and we oh wow yeah. a wagon mm-hmm. wow <laughs> at that time we were just as many wagon and mule parked at the church as either cars now <laughs> That's cool. What about you, Granny? What was it like growing up? Well, good and bad. It was such a strain on our parents until uh, it seemed like they didn't know how to show love or say they loved us. Mm -hmm. But I guess, you know, back then men were so wanted to be so strong and so powerful that you know, they didn't cry or or have any compassion or sympathy, you know, because, you know, 90% of them came out of slavery. Mm-hmm. And being in slavery, 
and coming out of slavery where you still only know the things that you learned while you were in slavery. Mm -hmm. And when they came out of slavery, their hearts were hard. You know, uh, they used to call them Uncle Tom and mm -hmm. things like that. And they couldn't hold their head up and look them straight in the eye. They had to act like they were second class citizens. And if one would hit them, well, uh, they could not hit them back. It was just like it was. So when they raised their families, because of the way they came up in the world like livestock instead of human beings, well, when they raised their families, it was hard to show love or compassion because they had never known it. You know, uh, the slave masters used to pit them as one against the other. Mm -hmm. So people wonder why Afro-American or Black people uh, don't stick together as much because they were pitted as slaves against each other. Mm -hmm. And as you go on, so in our family, it was that they did the best they could with what they had. And they showed the best of what they know to show. You know, you grow up a certain way, it's in you. Mm -hmm. And if you grow up uh, knowing that if you do or say anything because you couldn't read or write or anything like that. So, but they had mothers with. My dad and my mom could not read or write. Oh, wow. But my mom could read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And my dad knew how to write his name. He taught himself how to write his name. You'd be surprised how God gave those people mothers with because uh, the white people wouldn't let, would come get them if they were in school, out of school, to go work their fields and there was nothing their parents could do about them. See, black kids today don't know how blessed they are. That, you know, they could go to school, but yet if the white man needed them, he just take the kids out of school. Don't even ask them kid or whatever it is. So it was it wasn't easy growing up. But I grew up in uh, San Fernando Valley, California, part of the way, and then in Compton, California. So I didn't grow up with outhouses and. Mm -hmm. You know, things like that, because I grew up in a city mm -hmm. during World War II when my dad was inducted into the army. And Papa, you also had joined the military, right? Yeah. When, what made you decide to join the military? Did you have to? Well, I was drafted. You were? Okay. You know, I wasn't no volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad I went. It was an experience. I learned a lot about people and how to get along with people. It paid off. What year was that? 1954, November. Okay. 18, I got out November the 11th, 1956. Oh, okay. <laughs> and how did that expect? Did you have some issues coming back after no. being out of it? No, he didn't have any, <laughs> what they talk about like now, post. Yeah. Post-traumatic stress. And oh, well, actually, I, I never did. 
go to the battlefield. I okay. never work on the front line so I can experience some of the trauma that a lot of people mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did you two meet? What year was this when you met and how did you meet? Because you were in the in Louisiana and and you were in California. No, he was in California too. Oh, how'd you get to California, Papa? <laughs> well, um, after I got discharged out of the military, my mom, she was living in California. So she sent me a bus ticket and I went to California. Okay. So how'd you meet Granny? Through my sister. Yeah. Oh, not dead. They worked at the same place. Okay. Deb and Brown worked at the same place, and I met him through her. Did she try? Was she trying to set you up? Was that what she was doing? Is that well, why? basically, yes. <laughs> uh, well, actually, in a sense, I, I, I would take off. She didn't have a way home, so okay. I would take off home, and that's when. I would take Dale home. And right. That's when I met a sister. Okay. And she called my eye. Oh. <laughs> that's the granny. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think, uh, uh, Granny? What was your first impression? That he was a nice person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, real nice, quiet, and never talked much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very nice. And uh, when we met, he was nice to the children, and I know they liked him very much and everything. And one thing led to another, so we've been together 46 years. Wow. They haven't always been a chain of love, but I learned a lot and I learned to give and take it. I learned to understand that. And he helped me with the children and it was good. So yeah, Papa, I have to ask you because uh, Mindy and I are both single moms with multiple <laughs> children. <laughs> and Granny had five children when you met her. What is it that what did you think about that? Like, what made you still say, I want to be with this woman knowing that she had children? Because we're we're praying for this for ourselves. <laughs> well, actually, the children never entered into my mind that she had all of them. Really? So, you didn't even think that, about it? No, that wasn't even a part of it. <laughs> and I was pregnant for him. Oh, Mickey. oh okay. Y'all were pregnant. Okay. So it was just family, like it didn't even, yeah. it just all went together. Huh? Yes. One good afternoon. <laughs> yes, because really for, I know for everybody, your dad, for everybody, it's not like they call you stepdad or no, Mr. Brown, like your dad for all, all of them, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and you're really, for me, the only grandfather I've ever known, you know, so. That's just how much it all just merged together. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been very good. Um, so how do you see the world now? I know you talked about how it was for y'all growing up. What do you think about what's going on in the world today? Well, I think it's just sad and it's pitiful the way people get along nowadays. But when I look at it according to the scripture, mm -hmm. 
these things was going to happen. Yeah. And the Bible is just fulfilling, and that's the way I see it. It's coming to pass, and the Bible said it was going to be done. Mm -hmm. Like the last and, days. And I accept it. Mm -hmm. Granny, what do you think? Well, I think I'm blessed to be alive. You know, I never thought I'd ever be in a pandemic, and I never thought that a disease would break out. Although reading it in the Bible and knowing that the Lord said in the last days that there will be plagues, earthquakes, and and storms in diverse places, and all these things were foretold, mm -hmm. and we can see one by one of them happening. It's not one thing; it's another. You you can uh work forever and still can't save a nickel because things have got so out of hand and so I don't know stressful and people are so on edge and <clears throat> you can't talk to them or, or try to reason with them. I, I see the young folks with no respect for the elderly, no respect for even themselves or other people. They just, like somebody just running through a storm and don't know which way they're going. Hasn't sat down and decided to choose the Lord. And it's, this world is just going on just like rampant. It, it dares you to say anything to anybody because you don't know what attitude they're in at the time, right? And, but I thank God I'm here. And I thank God I have him to pray to. And I thank God for his wisdom and understanding that this won't always be. But if sin can create corruption. And that's what it is right now. This world has gotten so corrupt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a sin problem, for sure. Well, if you want to go back to the olden time, I don't understand in this day and time, how can the amount of a pound change? When I was a child, we could get a pound alone for 25 cents and it would be 16 mm -hmm. pounds. Now a pound alone you have to get about five slices and you got a pound alone. So I don't <laughs> understand how that changed. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that inflation stuff, <laughs> it's crazy. So what is your hope for the future then? Like, what are you, what are you hoping? What do you look forward to? My hope for the future, that thing would go back to what it was at the time I was a child. When, when I was a child coming up, people visit one another, they go to one another's house. And, and we never had to worry about anybody stealing anything or anybody doing anything that improper. And, and everybody respected each other. Mm -hmm. And we got along well. No matter where I went, I had a mother and a father. Mm -hmm. people with mother and father everywhere I go. And if they didn't whoop me themselves, I got one when I got home. <laughs> if I did so I think it should be that way now. But they people say, well, you better not touch my child. And they don't touch it. They say, somebody needs to touch it. <laughs> Discipline. But we, yeah. 
But that's we had that when I was coming up. And I appreciate it very much today to what happened to me back then. Called me to live a better life today. Danny, mm. what's your hope for the future? My hope for the future is, you know, I'm I'm more on the other side than the beginning. So my hope for the future is to stay on the battlefield, to keep loving the Lord, to understand that his wisdom and knowledge is what I need, and to understand that he's there for me, and he's always been there for me. And I pray with all my heart that one day I will get to see him and to live and rest in peace. So mine for the future is to help wherever it's needed, to give compassion to love wherever it's needed, and to do my best. If someone needs me, I'll be able to come and help them. Yeah. That's mine for the future because my future is more behind me than in front of me. Hmm. Well, I wanted to uh, ask y'all a question. I don't know how easy it'll be for you to answer, but my mother uh, passed away 10 years ago now. Oh, my gosh. So I just wanted to ask y'all if you have just any good memories of her. Like, what's a memory that you have of my mom, Shante? Your mother was a loving person. I don't care who she got into it. She'd go back to him and ask and apologize mm -hmm. and ask him to forgive her. She had so much compassion. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, she was like me. If she could help somebody, she would. She laughed, she loved, she even grabbed her children and said she loved them and mm -hmm. she always tended to them. She was a very good person. And no matter how, because I know her and Nikki used to get into it all the time. She would go back and say, that's my sister and I still love her. Mm -hmm. And Nikki was kind of hard-hearted. She'd hold stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And, but Sean, Sean was truly a gift from God. Mm -hmm. We had our ups and downs and things, but she was a good girl, a good child. And she stuck by me. And she before she passed away, she would be with me, take me where I needed to go. I just loved her. And I thank God for her in my life. I really thank the Lord for her goodness and mercy. She used to say, Mommy, I love you more than any child I had. I could depend on her no matter what. Of all of my memories of Sean, his great memories, she was just a beautiful, beautiful child. You could depend on her. And she was always there, no matter who it was that stood in me, she was there for him. She mm -hmm. was one of the greatest childhood that ever we had. And she was a loving child, and she was a lovable child. Mm -hmm. She scared away and scared herself in a way that people could love 
he returned that love with the love of home. <sighs> what did y'all think when she got pregnant with me, though, being 17 years old? <laughs> thought, the only thing I thought about it was, I'm going to be a grandmother. Mm. I never uh, thought anything else. Mm. I just went and got her, brought her home, because she graduated. The only person I know graduated from two different high schools. Mm -hmm. So... Sure, I sat down and talked to her and told her her responsibility and stuff, but mm -hmm. I still loved her. Everybody make a mistake. Yeah. I still loved her, and no child that God put on this earth is a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, it's waiting right there in heaven. That's what people are, ought to know and ought to forgive. Yeah. Were you upset, Papa, when you found out? No, I, I guess I was just biased. I, I didn't want it to happen, but since it did happen, mm -hmm. I was glad it was my nephew. Oh, you knew him. That's <laughs> right. Okay, this is going to sound really weird. You got to explain that, Papa. <laughs> well, like I said, I, I, I didn't want her to get pregnant, but since it did happen, I was glad it was. Definitely the one we're gonna be the father, but you know, yes. Yeah. So okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so Papa is not you're not my mom's biological father. So <laughs> so my dad is related to you. How in the world <laughs> did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Well your dad, mom, and my mom is sister. Right. Yeah. Yes. So that's how that goes. Yes. <laughs> that is just so wild that yeah. my my mom ends up uh, dating somebody from your family. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like well, they grew uh, up related. They grew up together in church. Yeah. Okay. So they grew up together. So they knew knew each other from little bitty kids. Mm -hmm. So and they, knew they weren't related by blood. So yes. They thought it was yes. okay. <laughs> Well, the best way to describe it is, like uh, like Kia said, I had five kids when I met him, and Sean was one of them. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't their biological dad, but he was a good dad to them. Yeah. And he acted just like he they were his children, and he still do to this day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well... Mindy, do you have any uh, questions for? I, I do. I just have one question. I want to know how, um, Pastor Brown, how you and Miss Brown got into church ministry. What led you to become a pastor? Well, it goes back when I was a child. When I was a child, I would go to church, listen to the preacher, and then when I go home, I would preach his sermon over and over, <laughs> word for word, what he said. Um, I guess I always wanted to be a preacher. So when I became a preacher, it led to being a pastor. Uh -huh. Oh, I just love that. <laughs> Brandy, what about being a first lady? How's that been? For That's you? the hardest thing in the world. <laughs> because people are, oh, uh, I would say 
you know, people today, it's not like they used to. I used to love uh, people of the years before because at least they were honest and truthful and what they thought they said. Mm -hmm. But today, you know, they can grin in your face, laugh, hug you and say, I love you. And they got a dagger in your back. Mm -hmm. And first ladies, well, I, I don't consider myself as a first lady. I consider myself as a Christian, a child of God. Mm -hmm. I'm no more, I'm no less than anybody else. And I don't want to be no more or no less than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Because the Lord said he has no particular person. Mm -hmm. He loves all of us. And I'm the same way. I may not like what you're doing or the way you're doing it, but it's not up to me to judge. He said, love your enemies also. Mm -hmm. So the way I feel about being a first lady, I'll treat everyone in the church right. I'll get in there and help them as much as I can. And I'll do what I can. And I'll back my husband up on what he's doing. Amen. And with love and understanding. And do the best I can to encourage him and members of the church to just stay on the battlefield. The Lord will take care of you. Amen. 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 <laughs> Uh, well, my last question was, uh, what do you all think the difference is between being a parent and a grandparent? Like, which one is better? Grandparent. You <laughs> <laughs> agree? The reason I say that is because uh, when you raise your own children, you have certain rules and regulations mm -hmm. and standards. It's also the rules are more lax the older you get. Mm -hmm. And the meaning of understanding, uh, my daughter may teach her kids different from the way I taught her. And believe me, those kids will tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't eat that. You know, they are very forceful. It's just like the Bible. They're weaker than we are because we didn't see the doctor hardly any when we were growing up. But they're wiser. I remember when I had my kids, they didn't open their eyes for two or three days. They just lay there. Yeah. Now they come here with their eyes open, teeth in their head, <laughs> and ready to talk. But like I say, it's easier to be a grandparent. I can take them shopping or or take them out to lunch or something and talk to them and loving and have a day with the grandkids and stuff. But at the end of the day, I can take them home. <laughs> I don't have to about taking them to my house, getting them a bath, and I'm not sleepy. I don't want that. I don't have to hear that. Because <laughs> I pack them up and take them to their parents. <laughs> You said ditto, Papa. You said you agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, simply because you know, as my wife just said, being a parent, you are definitely responsible for your children. Mm -hmm. And as you said, but if you're a grandparent, if you get tired of putting up with them, you got somewhere to take them. Take them <laughs> home. But being your own, you got to keep them there and take care of them. Yeah. So that's the difference. I mean, that's just the responsibility. You got to be or you. You won't be. Right. 
and you guys are great grandparents now too. Is that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another, is that another level? We just had the the twelfth grandson. Oh, okay. Well, Mindy, do you have any other questions? I don't, but I have loved every minute of this. This has been such a blessing. Thank y'all both so much. Yes. Oh, you're you. quite welcome. Well, this has been really fun. I'm grateful that y'all would come and do this just so that uh, we can hear from you. Mm -hmm. I really believe that we need to hear from your generation. You know, it's not a lot of that on TV. It's just mm -hmm. everybody young and loud, <laughs> you know, so it's, I think it's necessary. So I appreciate it. I'd like to say one last thing. Uh, the mistake of young people today are making with their children is this. The Bible says you spare the rod, you spoil the child. You try to reason with your kids today, but the reasoning really isn't working. So whether you, you know, use the rod on them or try to talk to them, one of them should work. But always remember that you're the parent, and they're the child, and you will get along better. Mm -hmm. Don't try to run with your children. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, all I can say is the difference between grandparents and great-grandparents. Mm -hmm. Things have changed so much that you just have to change and begin with the wind and go with it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a good relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, thank y'all so much for taking time out of your Saturday morning. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Yes. Oh, you're welcome. We appreciate you asking us. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all have a wonderful day, and I'll, uh, Keys, I'll talk to you soon. All right, Mindy. Okay. Thanks. You have a day. Thank Love you. you Love you too. Bye bye. Bye. bye, -bye.